Hello, everybody, and thank you again for being a part of our listening audience. We are so hopeful that everything that we produce here at ODC Ministries Podcast is enriching your life, encouraging you in your walk with God, and empowering you to be all that God has called you to be. Again, thank you for your listening ear, and we ask you to please share this with someone if you find it to be edifying for your spirit. Have you felt like you were running on empty? Like just running on fumes, almost about to give out the gas and don't know how you're going to go any further. Many of us have felt this way as we have surpassed the year mark of this pandemic. We all have had moments of frustration where it seemed as if we felt somewhat hopeless. Or right there when we think we're about to turn the corner, we get some negative news like cases are rising or a new strand is being permeated throughout our world. Somewhat like we even hear now coming out of the Easter weekend, after so much travel, many people are concerned about an uptick in cases that is already taking place. And it just puts you in a place where you just be like, uh, just so tired of this, just exhausted. And even beyond the pandemic, life just does that to you. You're trying to put one foot forward, feeling as if you've been knocked two feet backwards and progress gets hard. You just get that ugh feeling. Like, I just wish that I could have a breakthrough because I'm at a breaking point. Feel empty. The good news is that if you feel empty, you feel that you're at that breaking point, Jesus Christ can fill you again. He can renew you. He can reinvigorate your zest for living, make you excited about the promises and prospects of a better tomorrow than your yesterdays. We kind of get a glimpse into this by looking at the first miracle that Christ ever performs. John writes about it in chapter 2. He calls it a sign. Now, of course, signs point to something deeper than what we actually see. It points to the true identity of who Christ is and what Christ does and offers to each one of us who submit our lives to him. I want to read this text. John chapter 2, beginning at verse number 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, his mother, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no more wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. 
The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. See, Jesus comes on the scene at a time where Jewish people felt like what I had just previously described. They were tired. They were exhausted because they had been so marginalized and oppressed by the Roman government. They had gone from the top all the way down to the bottom. They were living in the penthouse during the times of David when they were having their own kingdom, their own culture, their own way of life in a municipal capacity. Had their own kingdom. And it was expanding and prosperity and peace was their normalcy. But now they moved all the way from the penthouse to the basement of society under the yoke of Roman oppression. And so Jesus comes on the scenes with this as the backdrop for his ministry. And in this first miracle, he shows them through this sign what he wants to do for them as a people. And not just them as a people, but for all who are willing to follow him. He shows them that he's able to fill their emptiness. Particularly in this sign, wine, because wine is symbolic of joy. And so when Jesus' mother comes to him and says, the wine has ran out or they have no more wine, it is symbolic of saying what the nation was experiencing. They had no more joy. Their joy was depleted. And when Jesus hears this, he performs a miracle as a symbolic act of what he wants to do in the lives of his people. He wants to feel their joy. As he says later on in John's Gospel, I came that they may have life and have life more abundantly or even in chapter 15, he says, I've said these things unto you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And many of us feel just like that today. Running on empty, contemplating and remembering the good old days when we were excited about living, hopeful about the future, determined to make it happen, pregnant with possibilities, hopeful and optimistic. But now we wonder, is it too late? Are the glory days of the past my best days. We're no longer even trying to thrive or succeed. We're just trying to survive. You become comfortable with just struggle. No joy, no peace, no happiness, no contentment. Just empty. So what happens in the text to turn this emptiness into fullness is what you and I must do when we get to that place of exhaustion and fatigue be it mentally, physically, or spiritually. When Jesus' mother comes, she asks Jesus. She informs Jesus about what is going on. When she informs him, she really does not give an inquiry. She really does not ask anything for him in a question form. She just tells him the wine is ran out. And Jesus kind of says, that's not my business. Not my fault. But Mary is making the situation known to the one person at the reception who can do something about it. 
She knows who Jesus is. She knows who she has raised because she knows what the angel told her when she was conceiving Jesus. She knows that he would save his people from their sins. She knows that he shall be called the Son of God. She knows that he came into existence because the Holy Spirit overshadowed her even though she was a virgin. She knows who Jesus is. And since she knows who Jesus is, she goes directly to the one person that can do something about the emptiness. Who do you talk to about your emptiness, about the void that you are filling? Who do you run to when things have bottomed out in your life and you are drained? Some of us have a lot of things we turn to. It can be sex. It can be alcoholism. It can be workaholicism. Some even turn to drugs. Some turn to just developing an alternative reality in my mind and living in my own fantasy world. Maybe you should turn to the one person who can do something about it. See, we get frustrated because we turn to all these people and all these things, and instead of them bringing about fulfillment, they only leave us more and more empty, giving temporary satisfaction, but nothing lasting. Mary goes to Jesus in faith because she knows who he is. And if you are empty, you need to go to the one person that can do something about it. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. But then she tells the servants, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Now it's one thing for us to inform Jesus about our situation. It's another thing for us to enact the information that Jesus gives us about how to address our situation. She says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Even if it makes no sense, do it. Even if it is counterintuitive, do it. Even if it seems to be irrational, do it. And what Jesus says is almost sounds ridiculous, preposterous. Like, you know, hey, go take those six water jars over there. These aren't small water jars either. These are jars that hold 20 to 30 gallons of water. He says, Go get those stone water jars. They heavy by themselves. And then you're going to fill them with 30 gallons of water. Says, go fill them up and bring them here. Which means there has to be some type of energy expended. You can imagine them saying, like some of us. I ain't got to go fill them water jars up and bring them over here. You want, you want to do something with the water? Go get it yourself. You know how we can get flip mouth, even in our minds, even if we don't articulate it out loud. Servants go and do what Jesus says. They bring back those heavy stone pots, probably having to have two men carrying each pot. So there's a possibility that you have about 12 men involved in this miracle. So that's the first step. Then Jesus says, do something else. He says, now draw out of that and take it to the governor of the feast. They had no idea that the water had been turned to wine. They thought they were just simply drawing out water. They were just being obedient. Is it possible that that's why we feel empty right now? Because what the Lord has been telling us to do, we have not done it because it didn't fit our ideas of what needs to be done. It didn't go along with our vision, our prescription for remedy. See, if you just sit there and disobey, then the shortage is not in God. The shortage is in us. These servants did what the Lord told them to do. And look what happens. They take it to the governor of the feast. He drinks it and he says, 
You know, most people put out the good stuff first. And once people have gotten drunk, or to use our language, tipsy, buzzed, once people are no longer really fully aware of what they're drinking to be able to distinguish the quality, then they bring out the bad stuff. But no, you all put the bad stuff out first and brought the good stuff out last. What is Jesus saying to Israel? He says that if you come to me and if you obey me, then your future will be brighter than your past. And not only will I refill you, but the latter will be greater than the former. And that's what he's saying to us even today. If you come to me, stop going to everybody else. If you come to me and if you obey me, then I can make sure that your best days are ahead of you. That you don't have to sit there and just keep on going down memory lane, thinking about what could have been, what should have been, how you wish you can go back. No, you can actually look to the future and experience God's best in the present and know that he has even greater weight on you in the future. He wants to take you from emptiness to fullness. He wants to fill you with joy. He wants to fill you with love. He wants to fill you with hope. He wants to fill you with peace. He wants to fill you up till you're overflowing in your spirit, till you are happy and optimistic and you wake up saying this is the day the Lord has made I rejoice and be glad in or you wake up saying I wonder what God is going to do in my life today you wake up with an expectation let the Lord take you from empty to fullness so that your best days are not in your past but you are experiencing them in your present and you have the promise of even greater in your future thank you for listening